Welcome back to the Success Women's Conference podcast. Success doesn't come wrapped in only one package. We know every woman has their own story and their own journey to take, and we're here to share those stories and join in that journey, helping each woman to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to create her own kind of success. But it started with a spark, with a spark. Welcome back, guys. I am very excited to be on with someone who is going to share a story that I think is going to touch everyone that's listening. Um, She is actually joining success this year as a speaker. She is the CEO of Perfect Pitches by Precious LLC, and she is known as the hashtag Killer Pitch Master. So welcome in, Miss Precious Williams. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So the biggest thing that I am wanting to just jump right into is your upbringing. I think a lot of us, male or female, can appreciate what childhood can do when it comes to our present moment. We can reach back and find things that are to this day, no matter what age you are, affecting us. So speak to me a little bit about your experience and what it has taught you? Well, I grew up as an unwanted child from the the day I was born, which is January 22nd, 1979. Yes, I'm 40. Let's get it right. (laughs) And um, my mother was an extremely light-skinned woman. And she had been taught that, uh, you know, chocolate women or women who are dark and hued are bad women. And so what... She just had a lot of animosity towards me and she didn't want me. So she didn't even want to take me home from the hospital. So mm-hmm. that started the beginning of our relationship. And so my mother beat me almost every day. She made me feel really bad about myself. She told me I was ugly. No man was ever going to want me. I was never going to have friends and any of those other sort of things. And so she broke my nose. She cut me with glass. Uh, she embarrassed me daily to the neighborhood and so it was just it was a very difficult upbringing on november 18th 1991 my mother tried to murder me over a book from school and so i was taken out of her custody i was taken to the the police department i walked naked and bleeding like she beat me she beat me Wow. And it's funny as I talk about it, sometimes I sometimes I have to be divorced from it mm-hmm. because the trauma is still so real. Sure. Um, I walked to my aunt's house two miles away and collapsed on her front porch. Next thing I know, I'm in a police station and they're taking pictures of my cuts and bruises and injuries. And then I was going to, I was sent to go live with my father, who has been a drug addict since he was 18 years old and is still a drug addict at 63 years old. What age was this? What age mm-hmm. Were for you him or for me? For you. I was 12. My mom, my mom tried to murder me on November 18th, 1991. I was 12. Wow. So I went to go live with him for three hellacious years and I've eaten out of garbage cans. I've had Salvation Army clothes. I have lived a very difficult 15 years. And when I was 15, my grandparents stepped in and they begged my father to let, let them raise me. Cause I said, my grandmother just had this, this feeling about me. Like she knew I was something. Yeah. And she, she wanted to be able, because her own kids all had addictions and everything. She wanted to get it right with me. 
And so the most beautiful thing is when I went to go live with them and I didn't want to because what 15-year-old wants to live with 60-year-olds? <laughs> I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. My grandmother used to wake me up, twinkle my toes. She used to make me say affirmations in the mirror. And she sat me down when I was 16 and told me I had the gift of speech. Wow. She said, something about the way you speak is something you make everyone around you feel so good. And you make them feel like they're important. The pre-Bill Clinton effect. <laughs> so... <laughs> She said, you have a connection and a gift. And she nurtured it. And before I knew it, the principal of my high school, who used to think I was special ed because I had gone through so much as a child, that I didn't put forth a lot of effort in school. But then I went from in her care, in my grandparents' care, from being dead last to the number one student in my class. That takes love and attention and affection. And my first speaking engagement was in front of the mayor of the city of St. Louis. And I didn't know it. I couldn't be afraid because at 16, what are you afraid of? Yeah. You just want to go out there and do things. And so from there, I spoke before governors and I've spoken around the world. And if it wasn't for her seeing something in me, an abused, unwanted, abandoned, mistreated child, I would not be the precious Williams that is here today. She saw you. So that is my story. She saw me for who I really was. She saw me. She saw me in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And in the natural at the same time. Yeah. And yes. So what? So what's Grandma's name? Precious Williams. Oh. <laughs> I'm named after Big Precious. You're Precious. named after Big Precious. Big, Big ups to Big Precious. That's amazing. Big ups. Big ups She's a. She was a wonderful woman. She died when I was a junior at Spelman College. She was she was all that in a bag of chips. Like people talk about, oh, Haley Berry's so beautiful. All these other people are so beautiful. I'm like, you haven't met my grandmother, but she put these chicks to shame. <laughs> the reason why I have hashtag rock star confidence. She is the reason. She is the is original she, rock star. I love that. She's the original rock star, yes. And so just carrying on that name, do you feel as though she's living through you in this like legacy that you're getting to build now. That's. I hope to God she is because every fiber of my being thanks her from the tippy toes of her feet to the top of her head. I am grateful for everything she did. When people meet me, I want them to know I came from good stock and that's her. She may have been, she may have only had an eighth grade education. She may have had seven kids. She may have not had the ideal life, but she made sure to pour in so much love to me that I get to live my dreams. In fact, I'll tell you something funny. When when I was younger, she knew I didn't know how to clean well. I didn't know how to iron well and stuff. And she used to tell people, precious ain't domestic. Precious ain't domestic. Imagine a 60-something-year-old lady telling her friends, her children, Precious isn't domestic. She's going to make her money by talking. And they didn't believe her. They were like, eh, she's from St. Louis. Like, eh. And I do make my money from speaking. The same mouth that got me into trouble when I was in uh, school for always talking is the same mouth that has me on the stages of the Successful Women's Conference. Yes, I love that. Oh, I love Big Precious. I love, I can feel, I can feel that energy right in the midst of this conversation. So I'm just honoring her. 
Um, I just want to take a minute to honor all of those that come before us because I'm sure each and every one of us have a big precious someone, whether it was a teacher, whatever it was, your grandmother. You know, there's always those people that just see into you and see you. And what it does for an individual, especially one that has been through so much, man, that is just invaluable. It is, you know, success. I never, I never really thought about success when I was younger because I didn't think I would live long enough to see, to see 40 and to be 40 years old. And just yesterday I was speaking at a prestigious law firm in New Jersey and I laughed and I almost cried when I walked through the door. And I said, when I was in law school, I wasn't good enough to walk through this door. Mm-hmm. It's funny, 12 years later in 2019, I can walk through any door and I walk in as a queen. I walk in as an international professional speaker. I walk in as my grandmother's child. I walk in as success personified. Yeah. All because of her. Absolutely. So I have to ask, um, I, you can't see her, but I can see her. And she is that queen personified. I can just feel that. You probably hear it in her voice right now. But the story, what a contrast to go from hearing such negative, just your whole identity was in question at all times. And I can't even imagine the amount of worthlessness an individual can feel when not only hearing it, but hearing it from someone who is supposed to be, in most people's you know view, the person who's supposed to nurture you and the one who is supposed to help put you know positive values and things and and, and positive identity into a young child. How do you begin to shift from that being so conditioned to now in front of me, just boldly in your power? That is a magnificent transformation. You're frozen. Can you hear me? Can you hear hear you now? You just froze. Yes. (laughs) I was saying, seeing you now in front of me, how does one go from having such negative, you know, negative talk, basically? How do you go from shifting from that to now being this woman who's so, you seem so assured of who you are? Because I can, you know, I want that, I want that stuff, that juice. I need to know the secret because... You know, a lot of us, I don't think some of us have even gone through the, the, the amount of things that you've had to endure. So I can only imagine what it took. to. Well, you, know, you know what? Three years ago, I was homeless. Three years ago, I almost took my own life. Mm. Three years ago, I didn't have a support system. Three years ago, I didn't even know who God was. And this is from someone who'd been on Shark Tank, CNN, Wall Street Journal, movies, television shows, all of that stuff. And you know what? None of that really matters if you don't know who you are. Mm. And if it wasn't for God saying it's not your time, from my cousin saving my life at 443 in the morning on January 22nd, 2017. And if it wasn't for people letting me know that they loved me for who I was, not my accomplishments. That's why I can sit in front of you. My accomplishments don't mean anything to me. Mm. how I treat people and how people treat me means the world to me. Yeah. I don't lead with my accomplishments because I want it. I believe the reason why God 
put me, the reason why God allowed certain situations to happen is because I was going down the wrong path. I thought success meant accomplishments Mm. and true success is not accomplishments. It is relationships. Mm. It is building on those relationships. It is showing love. It is showing care and concern. Yeah. And being transparent about everything that might shock some people as they're watching this. Like, did she just say, oh. yes, I did. I did just say that because there's so many people who are hurting right now who have on the mask of perfection. Yes. They have a great job, the great man, the kids and everything. And they're miserable. Mm-hmm. They're miserable. So I want to tell you what true success looks like. That's why you see me smiling all yeah. the time because I got another chance at life. And the more I tell my story about being transparent and authentic and letting my perceived flaws be my secret weapon, that's why you see the joy in my heart. I remember my grandmother, not for her being proud of my accomplishments, but for her being proud of who I was becoming. Mm. Like, like Michelle Obama, becoming. Right. I am becoming Precious Williams, the woman I was always supposed to be. Yeah. And I got sidetracked by society telling me what, was, what mattered. And now I know what really matters. Yes, it's important to make good money. Yes, it's important to be financially stable, mentally stable, spiritually stable. Like all of those things are great. But if you don't get down to the truth of who you are, that's why I teach hashtag rockstar confidence. Because rock stars don't have to look perfect. Yeah. They get on stage and they jam. They sweat. Just by their passion, their energy and their intensity, you're attracted to them because they're in their zone of genius. And that's what rock star confidence is. Walking in your zone of genius and not allowing anybody to knock you off of your plate. People can throw, like Martin Lawrence used to say a long time ago, run, tell that. You can run, tell anything about me. I'll Let me tell it first because yeah. I'll tell the truth and I'll tell it right. So let let everyone know a little bit about what you were pursuing. Um, you were mentioning Shark Tank and some amazing things that you got to do. So what was that time period you were building and you were going after different successes? Yes, my, my company was uh, Curvy Girls Lingerie. I had a business partner. We imploded after Shark Tank because she, you know, wanted to wanted some of that limelight, too. And the truth of the matter is I built that company. I built it to where it was. And the more success you have, the more people want that light who may not deserve it or who want to be associated with that light who have ill intentions. What I didn't realize in my life is as I was doing Shark Tank and CNN and Wall Street Journal and all of these amazing things, filming in Milan, Italy, meeting the movies and shakers around the world, is that I didn't even believe I deserved to be there. Mm. I just showed up. And I was scared because I was like, they're going to find out I'm a fraud. Mm. I'm not, I wasn't a fraud. I just didn't believe in myself. I thought I was that little ghetto girl and I'm not that ghetto girl. I wasn't, I was an abused child who had never dealt with those emotions until I became in my late thirties that I deal with it. Yeah. And so now I get to work with, Goldman Sachs, Microsoft, Berkshire Hathaway, yeah. J.P. Morgan, J.P. These are my clients. That's awesome. That didn't happen. That, that didn't happen years ago. It happened in my late thirties. Got you. You know, I think that's such a relatable position to be in. To be outwardly appearing to have it all together. And maybe you do on paper have you know the list that goes on awards. Um, you know 
a huge clientele that's very impressive, whatever those things are. But like you said, the whole time, like dying on the inside, miserable on the inside, insecure on the inside. How does one begin to take the steps that you took from, you know, not believing in oneself to now operating in their power? Well, I got in, I got into a life transformation program, mm. and that is where I met God for who he truly is. And that the things that had happened happened in a way to make me fully appreciate who he is. When you have nothing, that's when you get to see God's grace and mercy in its totality. When you, everything is good, you don't need him. You're good, you're good, you're doing it. But when you have nothing and you feel like you're nothing, he will raise you up and he will make your enemies your footstools. The very same people that dogged me out of the same people today, like, I respect you today. I think it, it comes from, you know, getting in a great Bible-based church. I think it comes from having a great support network. I think it comes from being transparent and authentic in everything that you do so people can see you and they can see your growth. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, when I have my blonde ambition, it's like I'm closest to the light. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I wish to see that I'm light <laughs> and, and I'm happy and I'm happy. And I, I'm not, I, I don't have blonde ambition on because I want to be somebody else. I have it on because I have the choice to be whoever I want to be in 2019. And today I choose to be blonde ambition. I hear you. I love all the hashtags, by the way. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love- know I'm crazy, but I'm sick with it. I'm I, sick with I it. I love a good hashtag, rock star. I'm, I'm feeling it. So, how do you shift that that inner talk? Because that's where I think we. So I know we can filter out what people say about us, and you know, people will say words don't hurt you. You know, they can. They can they get. Do. They can you know seep they in, and they can like literally, yeah. So one of the things that I was really good at, what I really started getting good at is really being curious about people and what brings them to certain places in life. And that's why I read business biographies and and, uh, watched intimate portraits and I watched all of these like unsungs and all of these. And I got to see that the things that I went through, other people have been going through it before. And they still tasted success because it was something that testicular fortitude in them. That no matter what happened, I'm going to succeed despite the odds. And let me tell you something that most people didn't know about me. The reason why I wanted to succeed so bad and be on Shark Tank and all those other shows was to prove to my mother that the one she gave away was the one she should have kept. The one that she thought was so raggedy and bargain basement. You know, so mine came from a very difficult place and not realizing that God had already approved me. He doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the cold. And I was called to be the hashtag killer pitch master. I was called to lead hashtag rockstar confidence. And that no matter what, you're not going to see me slipping. You're not unless you're one of my friends and I'm going through a moment, but they know how to snap me back out of it and remind me of who I am and whose I am. I'm a daughter of the most high and that, that negative talk that gets in that monkey mind that Mm -hmm. gets in. I look back at all the times the monkey mind was wrong. And that when I'm in certain rooms where people look nothing like me, I'm in that room 
it's like Sheryl Sandberg wrote, um, lean in. Mm-hmm. I don't know black women who don't, who don't sit at tables. They're always at the table. Sometimes they sit at the head of the table and it's not even their own event. You know, so, <laughs> you know this is what I know. Mm-hmm. That negative self-talk, I remind myself of who, whose I am, where I came from, and why I deserve to be here. Yeah. I paid the cost to be the boss. Mm-hmm. I paid a harsh, harsh cost in my childhood. And that had ripple effects up until the time I was in my late 30s. But if you don't deal with it and if you don't address it, it will it will strangle your life. Yes. It will strangle your dreams. It will strangle your vision. It will strangle your goals. And you have to deal with it. And that's why at this conference, you're going to meet a whole bunch of great speakers and great women who are going to be in that audience who've been through the same things you've been through. And all they need to know is if they made it, you made it, we all can make it. Absolutely. And that's why it's going to be successful. Absolutely. I think one thing you mentioned that really is sticking out is the whole concept of feeling like a fraud. Like you're you're the one doing all of these things, but on the inside, you're like, what if they really knew that I didn't know what I was doing? Or do I know what I'm doing? Or what am I doing in this room? I don't know if I belong here. Talk to me about the day when you realized you weren't a fraud. You belonged there. You know, yesterday when I spoke at this prestigious law firm, you're going to be like, really? Yesterday you found out? No, but this is the illustrative point. So yesterday I spoke at McCartan English in uh, New Jersey. I was speaking to law students who, law students of color. And of course, all little partners and most of the partners didn't look anything like them. And I remembered, as I said before, I remembered when they wouldn't even give me the time of day to walk through that door. And I walked through that door yesterday as the speaker as the speaker, I didn't have to MacGyver my way into the room. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to crack. Oh, somebody cracks the door. I didn't have to go through the event. I literally walked through the door and they treated me like a queen. And it, um, this whole conversation has made me very emotional, but I remember having a 2.9 GPA in law school and people telling me, You'll never make it. You'll never get certain places. You'll never be this and that. And yesterday I walked through the through the front door, treated like a queen, like royalty, walking red carpets. I'm speaking to the general counsel. I'm speaking to all of these esteemed partners. <coughs> and they said it would never happen. I walked in on my talent, my strength, my skill set, and my abilities who got me through that door. And for all of them to watch me take that stage and kill it, it was amazing. And so that was one of those experiences that when I came home, I was crying because I was like, Lord, you're giving me back everything the locust took from me. In less than three years, I can sit at tables with global financial firms who want me to teach public speaking and pitching and branding and presentation skills. When three years ago, I thought it was over and I was homeless and I lost every dime. Less than three years later, I'm walking through the front door of every global financial firm that I just spoke about. So that's, that's it. What would you tell someone that is at that, that, um, 
that edge and full transparency. I, I I've been I've been at that place before. That contemplation of why am I why even stay here? Contemplating your own existence. It's scary. You know, you can look back, like you said, you, you get some space from it and you can tell it now, but during that time it can be so couldn't dark. talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Couldn't talk about what it. would you say to someone who may be listening right now who who is at that place? What would you say to them? The first thing that came to mind is it does get better. Live in your vision, not your reality. God gives a golden ticket. And if you just stay eyes on the prize, you can make it. And I don't mean to sound woo-woo, cliche. I mean, focus on your focus. You have a gift and a skill set. It's time to use it. That is going to be your way out of poverty, your way out of bad relationships, being around the right people who support you and don't bring you down. A great support network that will always remind you of your greatness when you're struggling and remind you that God loves you and that if you are on this earth still, you have purpose. Your purpose is not fulfilled by just sitting in front of a television or drinking or drugging or any of those sort of things. The thing that causes death is loneliness and isolation. Yes. The thing that causes life is connection and building relationships. Mm -hmm. So build those relationships with the people who support you and challenge you and push you to growth. Yeah. The people that don't serve you. Absolutely. Ooh, I felt that one. Thank you so much for watching. I take off my glasses. I wanted you to see my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's so important to even just hear those words. I can imagine my own myself being at that point and you you just to hear someone else is struggling because I think one thing you you mentioned was the outward lifestyle and we live in this age where you can filter everything and you can curate everything and you can post it and you can make it look as though but someone wouldn't even begin to know what's happening in the background and, and, and in the crevices of our minds and the talk that we're constantly hearing that may not be serving us. Um, Thinking about that, so one thing I do know about life is a journey. And so we we make breakthroughs, and then we have different lessons we go through. Talk to me about the practices or the things that you keep in place to keep you on this side. Because I'm sure as every human, you, you have times where that little voice may try to creep back in or those doubts or insecurities try to come back up. What do you do to keep yourself on the up and up on this side? So I went back to the things that my grandmother used to do with me. And every morning I wake up, I do my affirmations. Mm-hmm. And I write them out and I say them in the mirror. Number two, I write in my journal about how great this day is going to be. So I'm setting my intention and I'm setting my commitment. Number three, I write poetry twice a day. Oh, wow. And I love writing poetry. So, you know, I know that's not probably shocking to people who know that I'm all about communication skills, but being able to write 
and rhyme and get all of those emotions out in such a way, in such a very flavorful, funky way, really makes me feel good about myself. Taking a walk in the mornings when I'm not having to be out at seven o'clock in the morning, you know, connecting with God in nature. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. So affirmations, journaling, poetry, and walking, and really reminding myself that from the earth I come to the earth I go. Let me just enjoy the butterflies and, and hearing the birds chirp and just walking and just knowing that this is the best life ever. Yes. I love, look, I love that. <laughs> Snaps. That's awesome. Snap, snap, snap. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Precious. I really appreciate you and everything you are bringing and I can just feel you right now, and I appreciate you seeing everyone that is listening right now and speaking directly to their heart. I re I feel that. I feel you speaking to my heart. So let everyone know how they can get in touch with you and how they can stay connected with you. Okay. Well, my website is www.perfectpitches, not pictures, pitches, P-I-T-C-H-E-S, by Precious.com. So www.perfectpitchesbyprecious.com. My company is perfectpitchesbyprecious.com. My email is precious at perfectpitchesbyprecious.com. You can always uh, reach out to me on Facebook slash facebook.com slash perfectpitchp. On Instagram, I am instagram.com slash perfectpitchesp. And on Twitter, um, twitter.com slash perfect pitch P. And you can always uh, reach me on our company line, which is 646-592-5888. That's 646-592-5888. And that's how you can reach out to me, the killer pitch master, Precious Williams. Hashtag rockstar confidence. <laughs> hashtag rockstar confidence. Hashtag killer pitch master. Hashtag slay all day. <laughs> I love it. Look, guys, now it's your turn. Oh, my gosh. I know you got so much out of this conversation, but now it's time to focus back on you and take from this discussion. What is it that you can do and put into your life that are those practices that Precious talked about. So for her, she loves to do the poetry and she loves to be out in nature saying affirmations in the morning. What are those things that bring you joy? Just write them down. Write down things that just light you up. Maybe it is writing poetry. Maybe it's dancing while you make a sandwich. That's my go-to, by the way. What are those things that light you up? Begin to implement them in your day. As Precious said, what intentions are you setting in your day? Begin to take note as to what's coming up for you. Write those down, start implementing them, and then share them with us. Let us know on our Facebook page. You can always email us as well. We'd love to hear your little victories and your wins as to you taking control of your morning and setting intention for your day. So thank you again, guys, for listening in. This is the Success Women's Conference podcast. <laughs>